Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Last week, we started a new series, Finding Joy Again. And this is something that I want to do in my life after the death of my daughter, Becca. So I thought I would bring you along with me in figuring all of this out. I know that some of you listening, you might not be at this place where you are even remotely interested in finding joy right now. And you might not even be able to imagine the possibility of that ever happening in your life again. But I hope you stick with me because the things that I'm going to be sharing with you will still be able to help you to find your way out of the suffocating darkness to be able to see light again, even if it's just a small beam to guide you. This week, I want to talk about how I have learned that getting our joy back starts with a deeper or even just an all-out new revelation of God's love for us. Now, I hear from so many of you that this is something you struggle with, so hang in here as we unpack this today. Many of us Christians have bought into the acts and the rules of religion. Now we talk about it being a relationship, and I know I've said for many, many years, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. But we don't realize how many rules we really do put on ourselves and that we put on each other and even on God. And now we're mad because we feel like we held up our end, we followed the rules on our end, but God didn't hold up his end. We try to humanize God. That's what we're doing, bringing him down to our level. And I don't know about you, but I need God to be bigger than humanity. I need him to be so much bigger than me. And me being able to tell him what he needs to do or tell him what his rules are and demand that he follow them. I need him to be so much bigger than what I can see. I need him to be so much bigger than how I think. A lot of times we think I need to do something for God to get something from God. And that kind of thinking has failed us, hasn't it? So a lot of times it seems like we base our thoughts about God on our feelings, how we feel about God, and how we think God feels about us. And the enemy is able to step into that because feelings are fickle. We can't base our lives on feelings. We get in a lot of trouble when we do that. And the enemy comes along and tells us within those feelings and within our being so vulnerable after the death of our child and we're in so much pain and so much darkness, he comes along and tells us that we can't trust God, that God doesn't love you. His way isn't best. You deserve to be happy and God won't let you. All kinds of things that the enemy plants in our head. And we get caught in the riptide of the enemy and we get sucked under the current fighting to breathe and to live and we become unhappy and bitter and angry. I want to read Psalm 42 to you and I'm sorry I didn't write down what version this is. It says, 
As the deer pants for water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I find him to come and stand before him? Day and night I weep for his help, and all the while my enemies taunt me. Where is this God of yours? They scoff. Take courage, my soul. Do you remember those times? But how could you ever forget them? When you led a great procession to the temple on festival days, you were singing with joy and praising the Lord. Why then be downcast? Why be discouraged and sad? Hope in God. I shall yet praise him again. Yes, I shall praise him for his help. Yet I am standing here, depressed and gloomy. But I will meditate upon your kindness to this lovely land where the Jordan River flows and where Mount Hermon and Mount Mizar stand. All your waves and billows have gone over me, and floods of sorrow pour upon me like a thundering waterfall. Yet day by day, the Lord also pours out his steadfast love upon me, and through the night I sing his songs and I pray to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forsaken me? Why must I suffer these attacks from my enemies? Their taunts pierce me like a fatal wound. Again and again they scoff, where is that God of yours? But, O my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be upset. Expect God to act, for I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. He is my help. He is my God. Wow, there's so much in that psalm right there that I think speaks to our hearts and to where we are in that place of of feeling like, God, why have you forsaken me? That's the scripture that Jesus quoted when he was hanging on the cross. And we just question God, why, why, why? And on the other hand, it's like we know, how can I get through this without him? He's my hope. And yet I don't understand why you're just letting this drown me. And I want to remind you that we are the receptors of his love. It may not seem like it. I know it doesn't seem like it, especially when this is fresh for you and you're in that place of darkness and the grief is just overtaking you. But we are the receptors of his love and we have to learn how to receive it even when our feelings make us doubt it. This is an area where we cannot rely on our feelings and how we feel about this. I like to look at his love as a sandwich covenant, that his love for us is so deep that he put us in the middle of two ends of a covenant. And what I mean by that is we have God on one side, and God is a covenant-keeping God, He is, and he wants to make a covenant with us, a covenant of love with us, but he knows that we can't keep it on our end. He knows how frail we are. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that we cannot keep our end of the covenant, and because of that, he sent Jesus to take our place of that covenant. 
Jesus stood in our place. We are in him. He is the other side of the covenant. And so that means God is on one side, Jesus is on the other side of the covenant, and we are sandwiched in the middle. We cannot get away from his love. And that is a good thing. I want you to think about the person who loves you the most and how they would do anything for you to their own detriment. That might even be your child who's no longer here. It might be a spouse. It might be a friend. It might be another relative, a parent. But whoever that is, that is an example, just a small, tiny example of God's love for you because his love is even greater than this person that you're thinking about. God's love is so deep And you've probably heard this before, but Lord, let us hear this with new ears and to have a new revelation of it. His love is so deep that he sacrificed his own son on our behalf. I don't know about you, but honestly, I don't think I would be willing to sacrifice one of my children for somebody else. I I, I don't think I could, but God did. And he did that so that death isn't the end. Leaving this earth isn't the end, but it's the beginning of a perfect life with him and with our children and with those we love. This life isn't it. We have to remember that. And God loved us so much that he made sure that we are going to be with our children together again forever. Before Jesus had his ministry, when Jesus went to go get baptized by John, God spoke out loud, This is my beloved, my much-loved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And like I said, this was before Jesus had any ministry. Jesus hadn't done any miracles He didn't have any followers. He hadn't died yet. He hadn't resurrected yet. And yet God was pleased with him. And he wasn't just pleased with him. God was pleased in him, in who he was, just as his son. It wasn't a word of approval for what Jesus did because God is love itself. He can't be anything but what he is, and he is love itself. And just like it's God's love that drew us to him in the first place, all of our walk with him continues in that same way. We are receivers. We cannot earn it. We can't manufacture it. We can't lose it. God can't take it from us. It's impossible because he is love. All we can do is receive it from God who wants to gift it to us. We received his love in the past. And for some of us, because there's so much pain and because we don't understand why, we don't want to receive that gift of love anymore. In reality, We live in response to who God is in our lives, and we need to respond to living loved by him. Now, remember, we are talking about 
learning how to live loved because that's going to bring us to a place of joy. And both love and joy are a fruit of the Spirit. We read that in Galatians chapter 6. Now think about this. By nature, fruit is seasonal. It isn't always around. Fruit, it depends on the season. Depending on the season, there are certain fruits that you can or you can't get. And it's an interesting thought that if fruit is seasonal and that joy is a fruit of the Spirit in our lives, is it possible that as a fruit of the Spirit, joy isn't always going to be evident in our lives? And I think in in just thinking about it that way, because I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves that, oh, I'm supposed to have this. It's a fruit of the Spirit, and it's supposed to be active in my life, and I, I need to get this, and I need to figure out how to have this. And I think sometimes just realizing that if fruit is seasonal, there may be seasons that I go through where I'm not feeling this or I'm not living this out or it's not, it's not manifesting in me or growing in me. I think you understand what I'm saying. I, I think it can set us free from thinking that we're always supposed to have these things or behave in a certain way all the time. Because if you think that you're supposed to be joyful all the time, that's a pretty heavy load to carry around. And we don't need any more heaviness, do we? God is in us. So that means that he is already in every situation in our lives because he lives in us. And here's a question I have for you. Would you want to live with someone you didn't love? I mean, think about maybe a distant relative. It might even be a parent that you grew up with that was very, very difficult, a difficult person, a sibling, someone that you know that it's like, oh man, I wouldn't want to live in the same house with them. God lives in you. To me, that right there says he loves you and he likes you because he wouldn't move inside of us to live in us with all of our thoughts and all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses and our anger and everything that we go through. He wouldn't live inside of us. He wouldn't move into our house if he didn't love us. The sun is always there shining. Sometimes we step out into the warmth of it. Sometimes we step into the shade. And sometimes the sun is completely hidden by the clouds or even by a raging storm or it's on the other side of the earth and it's night where we are. But the sun is still there and the sun is always shining. And that's God's love for us. And the path to feeling his love like the warm sun can be a stand of faith fighting your way back to it. Learning how to live loved, accepting that. Zephaniah 3.17 is a verse that I love. I've loved it for years. And it talks about how he's in the midst of us and he is rejoicing over us. He is dancing over us. And we know from last week, I talked about Nehemiah 8.10, talking about his joy over me is my strength. That familiar scripture that uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen to last week's if you didn't hear it, because it's, it's a really fascinating explanation of this scripture that isn't taught hardly ever. I've never heard it taught myself. It's something the Holy Spirit showed me. But 
It's his joy over me that is my strength. It's his joy over you that is your strength. So bask in it. Meditate on that incredible love he has for you because that is where joy comes from. Learning how to live loved by God in spite of the circumstances. Not letting the feelings of your circumstance cause you to make a decision that God doesn't love you. It's impossible for him not to love you because he is love itself. If you love your child, God is in that because we cannot love without God because he is love itself. His goodness never ceases. His love never fails. We have to become vulnerable to see who he truly is and allow him to love on us in this dark and painful place. There's so much to God's love, so much to it that there, it's, it's impossible to put into 20 minutes or so of a talk. I really encourage you to open your heart and ask God to love on you, even in your anger even in your questioning, ask God, God, please love on me. Love on me in a way where I know that it's you. I know that you love me because I really believe that that is the the foundation of joy. If we don't realize how deeply loved we are, we're not going to be able to find joy again in our lives. It's going to be very, very hard So ask God to show you and reveal his love to you. Just like at the beginning, when before all of this happened and when you first received him, if you're like me, I grew up a pastor's kid. I don't have a moment where I prayed and received him, but I do know he loved me deeply. And I lived from that place of love. I I did my best. And then when your child dies, you feel like all of that comes crashing down. And so we have to rebuild that. We have to rebuild, we have to allow God to rebuild the trust. And we have to allow him to love on you and shower you with love. And he will, if you ask him to, he will. And like I said, you're going to, you might have to fight for it, but it's worth fighting for to know that he loves you. In the next few weeks, we're going to continue talking about joy. That's all I'm going to say about his love. And as we wind down this podcast, I do want to ask you for a small favor. If anything I have said in any of the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast episodes have been helpful to you, would you please just take a few seconds to give it a rating, hopefully five stars, and 30 seconds to write a short review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on about why you like this podcast. I can't tell you how important that is. Ratings and reviews are what cause a podcast to rise to the top when someone is doing a search. So if you've been helped by what I share, please let others know by giving a rating and a review. Please, please, please. If you can't do it right now, set a reminder alarm, write a note, put it on your calendar, because I know we're so scattered with our grief fog. We have good intentions and then it just goes right out, right out of our mind. 
but for the sake of other grieving parents. It's not for me, it's for them who need hope. So don't forget to do that. In fact, maybe you could pause this right now for like 60 seconds, just pause and go give it a a rating and a review. And like I said, it's not for me, it's for other parents to be able to find the same hope that you're getting. Okay, enough about that. Let's get into our birthday segment. Today we have two birthdays, and I personally know both of these families, these parents of these boys. First, we have Lucas Christofferson, who was born on June 28th, and Luke is forever 19. And we have Dominic Cardenas, who was born on June 28th also, and Dominic is forever 24. And we do celebrate with these two families the day that these boys came into the world and what they meant to their families. If you would like to have your child's birthday celebrated, just go to gpshope.org birthdays. You will find a, a form there. It's very simple. Fill it out, submit it, and I will add your child to the birthday segment of the podcast. I would like to close this podcast episode by praying over you right now. Father, every single person listening to this is hurting. We're hurting. We miss our children. Some of us are are in the beginning where we're just grieving constantly. Some of us have gotten beyond that and we get hit with grief once in a while and the waves and the triggers and meltdowns. But Lord, you know, you know the pain that we're going through. And Lord, you want to be our comfort. You want to love on us in a way that is beyond anything that we could ask or think or imagine. Lord, it just seems so foreign to some of our minds that you could possibly be a God of love after what has happened in our lives and to our children. But Lord, open our minds to receive. Lord, I ask that you would give us hearts, help us to be vulnerable, help us to want to receive your love once again, Lord, because it's, I don't know how else we can get through this without knowing you love us and without the hope that you can give us that we can live a life of meaning and purpose again. And Lord, we don't know how, but it is possible. And Lord, I thank you for giving me those who have been on this road longer than me that I can see that it's possible. And Lord, I pray that others Uh, maybe who are behind me will be able to look at me and others around them and see that it is possible. And Lord, I pray that as we learn how to live loved by you, that you will open our hearts to finding joy again. Lord, show us how to find joy in our lives. Lord, I do believe that Your love and your joy over us is our strength, but Lord, we need to learn how to walk in that and how to live that out. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you in the coming weeks to be our teacher, to be our comforter, to show us what we need to see, and Lord, help us to break through in areas that we need to break through. And Lord, I just pray for everyone listening that your presence would be very real and very near and that you would just wrap them up in your love right now, almost like a blanket that comes around them, warm their hearts, 
Lord, fill us with your love that we cannot escape. And I thank you for that. I thank you that even though we may not be feeling it, we cannot get away from your love. And I pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So some of the things we're going to talk about in the next few weeks are things, uh, a couple of stepping stones to help us get closer to joy, things that keep us from finding joy, coming into right alignment, and tackling some of those hard verses, things like in James where it tells us to consider it all joy when we go through hard trials. It's like, what's that about? So we're going to tackle some of those verses at some point. So I hope you stick with me as we grow in this together. Because like I said, I'm doing this because I need it. And I'm just bringing you along with me. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating and a review. And until next week, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.